You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Woo! Finally, happy Monday. <laughs> yes, for dramatic effect, Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team. Every day, it is, in fact, the Monday show at 9.52 p.m. Because it's Michigan State week, which means some of us might be a little busier than normal because it's a rivalry week. It's the biggest game of the season. It's the first ranked-on-ranked matchup for the Michigan Wolverines coming out of the Northwestern game. But that means we also have to talk about the Northwestern game. Not that we're going to spend, I guess we will spend some time on it in a way. Uh, not that this is free form, but there's just a lot to get to. Uh, so we'll see what we get to. I'm not going to make any promises. Uh, the one thing I am going to promise is I do want to address a little bit of this Cade McNamara hate that is getting a little bit out of control in my mind. It's, it's getting absurd. I feel like we need to get into it. And so we're going to do that up at the top. Um, because it, it it's it's just too much. And I talked a little bit about in the morning drip is and you get some people that are like, thank you, this is exactly what I'm saying. And you get other people that are like, you're an idiot. You don't know what the heck is going on. Uh, how do you even cover football? J.J. McCarthy is the second coming of Kenny Stabler. I, don't even, I never even watched Kenny Stabler. I'm just thinking of the, uh, there was a commercial. Anyway, listen, there's some, there's such thing as nuance. The, the unfortunate thing in this hot take world that we have is the lack of nuance, especially in sports, because there's multiple things that can be true. The number one thing that is true when it comes to Cade McNamara. Okay, number one, I want to I pull this back. If you're watching on YouTube, certainly there's going to be people, because I saw on Morning Drip, people are like, I don't like how you're dressed, so I don't want to. Okay, who cares? I dress how I dress. I've always, I dress, I've always dressed how I dress, right? So... If that's your reason, you don't have an argument, number one. If you're listening, then just imagine me wearing a hat and some kind of garish what have you. But, okay, now that that's off, off, off the table here. So there's a lot of people that don't have this nuance, right? They, they, don't, want to, they don't want to like actually understand that, number one, the coaches actually do know what they're talking about. People get mad and they're just like, oh, that coach defense. The coaches know best defense. Guess what? They do. They certainly know better than dude sitting on his couch watching the game or, hey, I, I bought a ticket to the game. Well, that doesn't mean that you know better than the guys who are seeing things in practice that you don't get to see. Now, sometimes things change in practice versus uh, in the game. And I don't mean what I'm about to say to disparage John O'Corn because he, he – I'd like to consider John O'Corn a friend of mine, as I do Wilton Spate. But I remember the same thing. Well, and you can even include Brandon Peters in this conversation. In 2017, people were clamoring first for John O'Corn. Well, first for, for Brandon Peters. But the, if not Brandon Peters, then John O'Corn. John O'Corn comes in against Purdue, has the game of his life, looks incredible. Everyone's super excited, and then how did that end up going? And then Brandon Peters eventually comes in, and then he was essentially run out of town by Shea Patterson. 
Everyone's super excited about Shea Patterson, but everyone can't wait for Dylan McCaffrey. Shea Patterson's out of there, and it's D- Dylan McCaffrey gets run out by Joe Milton. Everyone can't wait for Joe Milton until Cade McNamara is our savior, and now you got Cade McNamara, and now you want J.J. McCarthy. You see what I'm saying? Things haven't necessarily w- worked, right? There's been some bright spots. Wilton Spate was a bright spot to me. Shea Patterson was a bright spot to me. Were they world beaters? Were they everything you want in the quarterback position? No, they were not. I'm not saying that. But again, you have to have some nuance, right? They were a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Cade McNamara is not making mistakes in general. He's making the right decisions. And if you don't like those decisions, I can also tell you that he's making the decisions that the coaches want. He has done nothing to lose his job. Is J.J. McCarthy, 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 I don't know where that came from. Is J.J. McCarthy potentially going to be a much, much better quarterback than maybe the best that Michigan has had in decades? It From the limited sample sizes that we have seen, he looks like he has that talent, right? I've mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. Graham Mertz also looked like he had that talent for his first two games of his career in 2020. Where is Graham Mertz now? The coaches know who's ready and who gives Michigan the best chance to win right now. Right now, they believe it's Cade McNamara. I think Cade McNamara also has a lot more in his arsenal than what we've seen. So that also needs to be taken into account. Right now, Michigan is, isn't asking Cade to do a lot. Does he miss on some downfield throws? Yes, but so did Jake Rudock in 2015 until really the Indiana game is when that started really coming alive. So he had really like a couple games where it came alive. But people have this weird revisionist history like, yeah, he came out against Utah and was throwing all these bombs and then, you know, against Oregon State and BYU and Northwestern and it was that's not what happened. I understand you, you're, you're clamoring for something and you sit there and you look and you say, we're not going to be able to beat Ohio state this way. Fair. Who's going to, who's, who's to say that you could beat Ohio state any other way right now. You got Michigan state up next. We'll see if the status quo, if that works, but if the coaching staff does not feel like J.J. McCarthy is ready. Certainly, they are trying to get him ready. They are putting him in games earlier and earlier. Certainly, the coaching staff does not feel like he is ready, like they can trust him to go out and be the starting quarterback just yet. Cade has the full playbook at his arsenal. He's experienced enough, still doesn't have a full 13 games of starting under his belt like a lot of others you know, have had. He certainly knows what he's seeing defensively. He's not necessarily executing perfectly at all, of course. But, again, who's to say he can't get better, number one? Number two, he's doing what the coaches want. Yeah, you see more downfield passing with J.J. McCarthy. Coaches are asking him to, usually in a situation in which the game is pretty much in hand. Right? We have yet to see J.J. McCarthy come in and lead the team, lead the offense when the score is 0-0, okay? This is not to disparage J.J. either. Again, I think his upside is tremendous. It's insane. But this acting like 
Cade McNamara is incapable. He is doing what he is asked to do. Are, does that mean it's perfect? It is not. 20 for 27 against Northwestern, but only 100 and something yards? No, not ideal. Michigan asked him to throw deep a few times off target. Is it entirely his fault? Also, no. Could it also be the receivers weren't open? Could it be the receivers? There's so many different elements at play, and there's so much more at the quarterbacking than just does a guy complete passes. I mean, that's the crux of what you want, but there's all these other things that go into making that happen. Reading the defense, not making mistakes, not turning the ball over, knowing when to throw the ball away, knowing when to take a sack, when when not to take a sack, knowing what your protections are, knowing the plays, knowing your checkdowns, knowing what to do if certain guys aren't open, all of these things. Again, J.J. will be the guy when he is ready to be the guy. If you think that the coaches are sitting here looking at J.J. and be like, he's ready, but we just like Cade so much. Then I have got uh, some oceanfront property in the Sahara Desert to sell you. There might be oceanfront property in the Sahara Desert. I don't know, but let's change it to Kansas. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's continue as we look forward to Michigan State rant over PSA over. Certainly there will be people who disagree with me. You're just going to have to understand that what I'm saying is what's actually happening. You might disagree with me, but what I'm saying is what's actually happening, okay? I'm just You need to know that. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers star pl- players of the Power Five as well as mid major players that you might not have ever even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks also allows mixed sports entries. It means you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the Apple App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Go to the App Store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we have this game, a little game coming up. A little Michigan, Michigan State action coming up on Saturday. 
little bit of a daunting challenge in my eyes. I do think Michigan will win. I'll tell you why I think Michigan will win momentarily, but I, I do think that there are obviously a lot of challenges. You know the obvious reason, but I have a different reason. Um, the obvious reason is because I think and I've seen Michigan State's offense against a defense with a pulse. It's managed to uh, not do much of anything. Certainly, Michigan State should have lost two games so far this year. It has not. Credit to Michigan State for finding ways to win. You can't take that away. Uh, one of them is certainly Nebraska imploding. They're really good at that. Um, I wanted to bring up some updated stats just so that I can see them. But things are kind of going a little slow here. But here we go. So, again, when Michigan State has played some of the defenses that it has played, now that this is updated through the weekend, Western Kentucky is 114th. Youngstown State doesn't even count on this, by the way. Remember that. Um, Northwestern is 97th after having played Michigan. Um, let's see, who who else did they play? I'm just trying to remember offhand here because I'm just kind of breezing through this. Miami of Florida is 75th. So of these teams that they've played, so we just covered four. One that doesn't count, Miami is the best defense outside of Indiana and Nebraska that they have played. Miami, they got 38 points again. They are 75th in the country. Um, certainly, I can look up some other things. Northwestern, who they got 38 against. Michigan got 33. Certainly, Michigan should have had more than that, but they didn't. Uh, they're 97th in the country. And, like I mentioned, Western Kentucky. So, that's that's the bulk of it. But then you look at Nebraska, who is... Uh, where, where where did I lose Nebraska? They were right there, 43rd, and Indiana certainly was ranked a lot higher before they got killed by Ohio State. It's 55th. Those are the defenses in terms of yards allowed, total yards. I still love total defense. I know other people say there's better metrics out there. There are, but I still like looking at total defense. It'll tell you, on a, especially when you're this far in the season, how much do they surrender? And if those teams, like, if you look at scoring defense, yeah, that's what they allow. But if they surrender that, there's more of an opportunity to score, right? Um, getting into that that situation. Again, Michigan is by far the best defense that they'll have faced. Michigan is rated number 11 in the country. Now, again, you can talk about the the how veritable some of these offenses Michigan has played, certainly. But, you know, again... This is still statistically a very good defense, and it's looking better and better. Certainly, you've got players in Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Ross and Daxton Hill, Brad Hawkins. I, I mean, really, you've got a lot of guys that are playing great. Mozzie Smith, Chris Hinton playing great. I like what I'm seeing from the corners on a weekly basis. It's getting better and better. I want to remind you that there's a lot of people, well, they gave up this play and this play. Good offense is going to get, they're going to get got, right? It's just how it goes. I was talking to my roommate about this earlier today, and it was one of those things where, like, listen, Ohio State's defense last year was not its best defense by any stretch. Don't remember, know exactly where it finished offhand. I'm sure it's not phenomenal, but I mean, they, they, to my recollection, did pretty good, right, against Clemson. And it was like, hey, all right, they did really good against Clemson. That defense is, is looking pretty solid. 
And then they go up against Alabama and just get throttled because it's an incredible offense. That's just what's going to happen. People always say this about, like, Don Brown, right? Like, well, you know, his defense is really good against bad offenses, and then against good offenses is not as good. Yes, because it's a good offense. That That's logic. Yes, I'm fired up today. I'm very fired up. But it, it's that's just how it works. Some games they really got exposed. Penn State 2017. Um, for instance, you know, Ohio State, it, I don't think it was as bad, again, the predictability from 2018 forward. But generally, you, you look at, like, Alabama. Like, Alab- they held Alabama with, and I know that this wasn't, they weren't those names yet, but they held Alabama with Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Najee Harris to their season low. I mean, come on. All right, I completely digress. My point is here is, yes, some, sometimes a, a great offense is going to take advantage of a great defense. That's just kind of how it works, you know? It's Ohio State's probably not going to score just like 20 points. That's just not how it works. And you're going to have to excuse Zuri because you hear her muttering someone rang the doorbell. Anyhow, that's just how it works. You got to keep in mind some of these things. Michigan State's offense will make some plays against Michigan. The reason why I think, and this was a long way around, not the Ewan McGregor show, but the reason why I think Michigan wins this game is because I think Michigan has superior trench players up on both sides of the ball up front. I think the front seven will be the best front seven that Michigan State's seen on defense. I think that Michigan's offensive line, even this concoction that we saw against Nebraska and Northwestern, I think is the best offensive line that the defense will have seen. So I think that that, that's how you decide a game. Now the question then becomes the play calling. Because certainly last year we saw Josh Gaddis try to stick a square peg into a round hole. And listening to him on the Inside Michigan Football Show, he had talked about like, yeah, well, you know, you, sometimes those runs aren't working, but you keep at it enough, the staying committed to the run, eventually you wear them down. My question is, is if Michigan State finds a way to slow down the run for long enough and Michigan doesn't find a way to wear them down earlier, that becomes a problem. But Jim Harbaugh also talked about starting fast and why that is a huge key to this game. I think Michigan Michigan started fast pretty much all season. I expect them to continue to do that. I think Michigan State will start fast. I think they'll throw the bag at Michigan's defense early on. And then it's all going to be about how does Michigan's defense respond from there. And, I, this, again, this offense, it's certainly played better defenses, particularly against Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin scoring defense it is up there a high i mean it's not up higher much higher than michigan state but it is 17th michigan state's 19th so i know that's one team but michigan managed to move the ball against them michigan moved the ball against washington which is 29th in the country in scoring defense michigan didn't really move the ball against rutgers 48th but i mean i digress Lots of reasons to think that Michigan can get the job done. I just think Michigan is more complete. I think they're very similar. They're two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. 
these two defenses. I just think Michigan is a little bit more superior. All right. We are going to move on. We're going to continue to break down some thoughts in this game. By the way, we have a giant week this week. I do want to tell you we do have some plans. I'm going to share one. I'm going to share them with you right now, some of them, so that you know what's coming up. There might be six shows this week. I'm not sure that there's a chance, but Tuesday, Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus is going to join us. Wednesday, this is tentative, very tentative. It could end up being a Thursday show. We, we'll see how it goes. But Joel Klatt, he's planning on joining us on Wednesday. So hopefully that goes through. I had talked to him at the Wisconsin game. He was all in for this week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're going to do another show, special show, where we do kind of an around-the-horn thing with some Michigan State people have Matt Sheehan from Locked On Spartans. We're going to have Audrey, Audrey Dahlgren uh, from WLNS. And we're going to have Rico Beard from 97.1 The Ticket. All talking about what they see from Michigan State. Try to get some different perspectives. See how they see the game going. Uh, Thursday is still going to be the mailbag. Friday is going to be Jake Butt previewing the game. So, like I said, action-packed week. We're going six this week if we can help it. Um, so anyway, all right. So before we, before we move on, uh, before, now that I've told you the plan, got to tell you a little something about built bar. Y'all know how much I love built bar. I've put my money where my mouth is. I have bought in so many bought in, mm -hmm, bought so many boxes of built bar. I particularly love the, uh, the, the peanut butter chocolate. Am I have that right? Is that what it's called? Peanut butter brownie. That's right. Uh, lately I've been having the blueberry muffin and there's like these, uh, marshmallow pumpkin ones that are just phenomenal. Perfect for the season. Um, anyway, I put my money where my mouth is. If you don't know what Built Bar is, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, it's got high protein, low calorie, low carb. I'm glutton. I have two at a time most of the time. And they're still lower calorie than getting a Metrics Big 100, which used to be my meal replacement go-to. So I am telling you, go to Built.com, put in promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off of your next order. That's Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to get your Built Bar. All right, let's finish it out. Just a couple minutes left here. Some interesting things I thought came out of today, and uh, I always forget when you get into the rivalry week. Today's the, today's the day we're just kind of setting it all up, right, because we've got all these other things coming on. But I always forget when you get into rivalry week, particularly Jim Harbaugh is going to be very mum. He didn't really want to say much of anything. It's 15 minutes compared to like we've had him for like 25 and usually you ask him like a question and it's like it's get these long paragraphs that I'm typing out in the transcription. And uh, today it was just like two sentences per answer, uh, which at least I got a little something from him. And he, he actually expounded upon it in the uh, Inside Michigan football show. I'd asked him, like, what do you say to Aiden? When it comes to, like, to, for, from my view, he gets held a lot, right? It's like, what do you say to him? And, and uh, you know, like, do you, do you say anything to the league office? I knew the answer to that, but, you know, you want to get the verbal confirmation. And he's like, yeah, we say something. We send him to the league office every week. And I just tell him to keep going, keep doing what you're doing, you know, and hope you hope that you get a fair shake. Hope that it works out. And then he went even further talking to John Jansen on the Inside Michigan Football Show, and he's like, yeah, he's getting held <laughs> on every play. So that's where you do hope something does got to, something's got to give, right? Because 
if you keep on letting teams get away with it, the problem is is you're going to get into a game like this, and they're just going to do it until the refs call it. And that's not fair to Aiden. That's not fair to that's just not fair to the game, right? I mean, you got to at least call it every now and again. You just have to. You know, I I understand let guys play, but like if teams are like Northwestern, and listen, I love Pat Fitzgerald. He's my hero. I think he's so awesome. Uh, but like if Northwestern's going to do it, you know, like on every play, like at some point you got to call it. So it's just like, Hey, I mean, if, if you want to have a let them play mentality, I'm relatively okay with that to some degree, but I mean, you got to let, let, let the players play. It's just not fair to, and that goes for it. And you know, if Michigan was doing the same thing to someone else, right. If, if it's Jacob Panashuk, you know, and he's, and he's being held on every play, like, yeah, Michigan needs to get called for it. Sorry, you know, it's it, rules are in there for a reason. And it's just unfair that a player like uh, Aiden just he isn't getting the production. He honestly should. That said, I think we predict, I predicted what, 10 sacks and he's got five and a half so far this year and still five games to go. Certainly he can get, you know, four and a half more. He might have more by now. I don't know. I don't know. Um, cause five and a half was a while ago. Maybe he maybe he got another since then. But uh Nonetheless, they they need to let they they he's got six. All right, he's got six. So five games, six games, maybe seven, maybe eight, probably not, but maybe to get to get to that number ten, which was my preseason prediction. You just gotta let him let him play and call the game fair. You know, it's I I'm certainly not like I'm I'm more I'm more of a proponent of letting guys play, but the holding sometimes gets ridiculous. You know. When it happens on every play and you're just not calling it, you gotta you gotta at least give guys a chance, make the game right because it, that's just you know eventually it's gonna get to a point where you know teams are just gonna blatantly cheat, and if you just let it go, that's just gonna happen and it can change the course of a game, whether it's this game or another. Anyway, all right, that's all I got. So we will have a jam packed week again. Seth Galena Tuesday, Joel Klatt on Wednesday. Also, probably Wednesday will be the the three Spartans in uh, in uh, Rico Beard and Audrey Dahlgren and Matt Sheehan mailbag on Thursday, and Joel uh, no, Joel Jake Butt on uh, Friday. One last thing, because I want to clear it up now. Because it's been happening every time Michigan has their game called by Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. Uh, I can attest to someone who is knows Joel, someone who knows Gus Johnson. If if you have an inclination to sit, come out and be like, these guys hate Michigan. I want to make sure that you are aware. Number one, Joel Klatt has been the one defender of Harbaugh when no one else would defend him. He's been defending him. He's been incredibly fair. Seems like he's he's over, not even fair. It's like he's lavishing praise upon him when it's not even deserved at times. And Gus Johnson is literally a Michigan fan. His his dog's name is Bo, named after Bo Schembechler. So just want to throw that out there because it's at, at both both weeks that those that duo is called games. I've got people in my mentions saying that he they are tired of letting that duo who hate Michigan on the games. No, they couldn't be further from the truth. So if you listen to this podcast and you thought that for one moment, I am here to tell you not the case. So anyway, 
All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back over the week. This was a weird podcast. This is a weird episode, but it is what it is. Thanks for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.